Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Welcome to Mortification of Spin. I am your host, Carl Truman, here with my other two hosts, uh, Todd Pruitt, pastor of... Uh, what are you, pastor of, I'm Todd? pastor... Some PCA church in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Some PCA Virginia, church in the Shenandoah And head Valley. of the Jeffrey Epstein Didn't Kill Himself Committee. <laughs> uh, and Amy Bird, uh, the housewife theologian. And uh, I would say bane of both of our lives, probably, Todd. Uh, and indeed. I- Hold that as a badge yeah. of honor. So, so, Amy, you're going to educate me yet further in things that I don't need to know. Yeah. By the way, I, I want to say that one of the great things about having an English accent is in class, I love to tell the kids how I have no idea what, say, DM means uh, <laughs> or, you know, uh, R-O-T-L, is it? Uh, well, and they kill themselves laughing, but the great this is, this is the great R-O-T-C. thing. R-O-T-C. If you, if you have an English accent and you wear a tweed jacket mm-hmm. and a tie, as I do, then when it comes to, to modern idioms, the less you know, the more brilliant you are. No, the less you know, <laughs> the more I'm ridiculously funny you are. No, they think I'm a genius because I don't know any of this modern stuff. I, well, and, and just to update our audience here, maybe Carl, wanting you to think that. Carl has just started using terms like, wow, that's really the bomb. <laughs> And what? is that and, a good and, thing? And, and, and if that's the bomb. That's is that a good sick. thing? And, and, that, and that's really fat with a ph. He's just started doing <laughs> really that. So fat. is that is that good or bad? Oh, it's good. Oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah she is fat so is fat. With so if a pH. I say to Amy, if I get home and say to my wife, "You're fat," <laughs> don't do that because <laughs> oh, Katrina cool. will. Yeah, <laughs> or just say, and I mean I that fa- with a but ph. I was thinking it with a ph. I was thinking it with a ph. Yes, you're fat. She will love it. She will love it. So be sure and do that. That's incredibly confusing because when a wife says to a husband they're not thinking of any wife in particular mm-hmm. do i look fat in this you're gonna have to ask oh this is how brilliant are you, how are you spelling do you that? mean ph mm-hmm. you mean darling ph or right. <laughs> this is very confusing yeah. horribly horribly confusing yes mm-hmm. well all right so so we we we're up to date on on carl's uh, tragic unhipness when yeah. it comes to american he's, slang he's hipping something else it, exactly because he knows cockney slang so i had some others i wanted to share okay yeah. okay um, instead of beers, like pass me a beer, say pass me a Britney. Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Beers. Wow. Got it. Isn't that a good one? Ruby. I'm going out for a Ruby. Ruby Murray Curry. Oh, well, who goes out for a curry? I do. I love curry. Go out for a curry. I, I, I have to say that um, uh, for the last week or so in Harrisonburg, Virginia, I have not uttered that phrase. Let's go out for a curry. Let's go out. Strangely for enough. Yeah. Yeah. Or nobody's invited me yeah, out a for, curry. for a curry. We don't say a Harrison curry. Bird, we just Virginia. say, hey, you want to get some curry? Hmm. I, I never say that. Huh. I've never had occasion to say that. But, but you get stuff with curry in it. Police you don't get well. curry. How do you get True. this one then? The Sweeney. My favorite, one of my favorite cop series from all time. The Sweeney. How do you get from Sweeney to a branch of the police? Mm. Um, Sweeney Todd. You're moving in the right direction. I've man. got a Todd one coming up. Uh, Sweeney Todd. You probably need to know something about British policing. Oh, probably so. The Flying Squad. They deal oh, with yeah. armed robberies. Oh, okay. Sweeney okay. Todd, Sweeney Todd flying, the flying Squad. But we could call you a flying. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. Flying. Well, flying so here's squad one. Todd. Instead wow. of saying on your own, uh-huh. on your Todd. On your Todd. Because of a famous horse jockey, Todd Sloan. Yeah. 
So, huh. hang on a second. Todd. I need to check my dog at this point. Dog. <laughs> dog and bone. Phone. Oh. Okay. Well, I made up one other one. My writing has really smoked out the ice. Oh my goodness, she has lice. <laughs> no, oh, okay. it smoked out the. How do I get to ice? No idea. Ice skaters. Uh, haters. Haters. Oh, yeah. Surely not. Right. I, your writing is among the most popular in the entire Smokes game. out exactly. the ice. <laughs> I find it hard to believe anybody could object to anything you've ever said. I can't imagine. I have the, I've never I have disagreed with you once. Categories. Oh, well. See, Todd, right there is proof in point. Yeah. All right. Well, we have some more listener questions. Oh, by questions. the way, there is a crude one as well. Oh, should we do That's that That's a load. Of, well, you could say, you could say, Amy writes a load of old pony. Old pony. Pony and trap. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay, gotcha. You got That's it. not. No. I don't know the. Bad, I don't know the connection pony. between pony and trap. Sorry? Yeah, pony, pony and trap. A trap is a small uh, carriage. Pony yeah. and trap would yeah. be a small carriage. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you lived in the United States now? <laughs> um, not long enough to have lost all my cultural sophistication. Okay, okay. Obviously. Well, have you heard my English accent? Mm. Is it have worse you heard? or better? Good night, mate. <laughs> Oh, we have heard that actually. Dick Van, Dick Van Dyke <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, uh, well, we have some more listener questions. We we had a lot of good questions. We've gotten some. We've got a lot of good listeners. Yes, we, we threw out a line yesterday asking for some listener questions, mm-hmm. and I mean, we could really do all our ones. podcasts on mm-hmm. these. So Scott thanks, guys. from Orlando asked any questions recently. No, um, no. You know, usually he has a very yeah. serious question. He does. Yeah, about, about peanut, peanut butter, butter or something like that. So but, um, he has totally insane views on these things. Well, uh-huh. Scott from Orlando. Scary. But I'll tell you what, I was talking to Scott from Orlando uh, recently, and all I can say is that Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. Yeah. So Was Scott involved? Todd. Scott is there a involved. string that we can pull on Todd where <laughs> yeah. it just keeps saying the just, same yeah. thing? Are you yeah. implying that Scott was involved in <laughs> Yeah, so. <laughs> well, Todd, you got a question for us? Well, uh, yeah, I do. I had one question from one of our wonderful listeners um, down in South Carolina about war and just war theory. Now, I live in the Shenandoah Valley, which has a very long history of Anabaptists and uh, Mennonites and <clears throat> brethren who, of course, hold to pacifism, strict pacifism. Now, for those who don't understand all those terms... A pacifist, strictly understood, is not someone who just prefers not to fight, but they actually believe that Christians should not ever serve in the military or as police officers, and it goes further. They take some passages of scripture, like not resisting an evildoer, to say that uh, a, a husband, for instance, should not raise a hand to keep his wife or children from being struck, harmed, or worse. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm not you know, reading that in, I mean, I, I, I know Mennonites and I know former Mennonites who, for instance, they won't lock their doors at night because that's a form of resisting an evildoer. What? Yes. Yes. What the heck? Uh-huh. And um, so, so, you have so that's... You live in Grove City to get Let's invite yeah. the violence so that's, in? So that's pacifism. That's, that's pacifism? pacifism? Yes. I didn't realize it was don't lock your doors. Because that's resisting an evildoer. Now, you may have some Mennonites that do lock their doors, but I have spoken to Mennonites in the Valley who... Um, yes, you don't lock your doors, and and I've I've even this posed lightning. I've even posed the question: if if an evildoer comes into your home at night mm-hmm. to do harm to your wife, what do you mm-hmm. do? And uh, the answer is generally, I try to appeal to them to stop, but I do not raise a hand against wow. them to stop them from mm-hmm. what they would do. It's good to be a Presbyterian. Yes, it is. Okay, so so I don't want to spend yeah, yeah, I don't want to spend yeah. a lot of time trying to refute that because yeah. I think it's so. 
That's kind of like a face. hold my beer kind of comment. It, it is. It is. Uh, it, talk about, you know, you're not loving your neighbor that way. You're not loving your, your wife and children that way. Um, but what Get they, to the point, man. Get well, to the what point. they would reject, they would reject <laughs> that there is any such thing as a just war. Yeah. So they reject just war theory. Yeah. And just war theory goes back, gosh, how far, Carl? I mean, Augustine uh, did some some writing on just war theory, did he not? Well, yeah, I mean, it goes back even further than that in right. terms of, uh, of political thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the church, you know, the church acknowledged from very early on. Yeah. Well, well, you know, Jesus didn't call people to not be soldiers. No. Uh, the, the, no. The, biblically, there was a noble way to yeah, serve he, as a soldier. I mean, and interesting enough, he doesn't call on the Roman occupation occupying soldiers to cease to be a <laughs> That's force right. of Roman occupation. That's right. Probably one of the things that disappointed those who yes. know, came to make him king. Exactly. Or, you know, sang Hosanna to the son of David mm-hmm. as he entered uh, Jerusalem. Right. It was a disappointment to yep. them. And he never once so, called those. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's a difficult issue. I mean, I, that's where I would start by saying, you know, Jesus doesn't, one, Jesus doesn't call on soldiers to stop being soldiers in the New right. Testament. Two, Paul clearly gives significant power to the civil magistrate mm-hmm. as right. an ordinance of God. Mm-hmm. The, the, the sword is given to the civil magistrate. Well, the sword's not given to the civil magistrate to, you know, give people a stern talking to right. once in a while. Right. Mm-hmm. The sword's given to chop bits of bodies off, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, you know, med- it's, 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 a, it's a brutal thing. Right. So mm-hmm. it's very clear that the New Testament, I think, is not pacifist. Mm-hmm. The question then comes, of course, is, well, what is the relationship between the church and the state? Mm. Yeah. That's a key question. And the whole uh, rule, spiritual yeah. rule versus, yeah. uh, you know. And that's where I, I find Augustine man. very, very helpful mm-hmm. yeah. with his distinction between the city of man and the city of God. I was right. reading it with Three students this week when he talks about the the importance of Christians engaging in things that serve to the, the civic good. As long as it doesn't interfere with the worship of the one true God, mm-hmm. Christians should be involved in the civic sphere in a way that conduces to, to peace and harmony, which can mean something as simple as sitting and having a drink with a friend. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it could mean friendship, or it could mean fulfilling mm-hmm. your civic duty, mm-hmm. doing military service. I listened to a podcast right. all about how sitting down with your opponent over a beer has helped in history. To curb war, much like Chamberlain and Hitler. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I think that, that worked tremendously well. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so you should know. Yeah. So then, as we think about that, some will say, uh, "Well, you know, they'll, they'll even find, you know, the quote unquote the 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 good wars. You know, the wars that we would tend yeah. to agree w- yeah. were necessary, but but." But guess what? You know, atrocities happen on all sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it goes back to a discussion we were have, having on another one of our of our podcasts about the fact that, um, you know, even with our historical Christian uh, heroes, you know, you'll find mm-hmm. blind spots, yeah. you'll find sins. Well, if, if we disqualify just war theory or, or any possibility that there's a just war yeah. that, that would fall into the category of a Romans 13 civil magistrate does not bear the sword in vain. Uh, you're still going to find on quote the good the good guys side. Let let's let's compare the 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 Allied forces to the Axis powers in World War II. You're still going to find bad behavior. Oh yeah, on, on the All just yes, on the yeah. just yeah. side. And yeah. I think a of lot those. of times people associate just war with like a holy war. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. we need yeah. to really differentiate. Right, because what we're saying is is that in a fallen world, there are going to be evil persons yeah. whose whose evil 
uh, is empowered in such an ex- to such an extent that it becomes a, a threat to yeah. society. And at that point, then, uh, just societies have to do something to, to, to stop that or tamp that down. Let, let me be the devil's advocate yes. here for a second. You know, one of the things that has always perplexed, and, I, and I'm not a big military historian, so I, right. I don't have the kind of knowledge that allows me to make this claim with any degree of, of authority. But it strikes me that just war theory has not stopped many wars. Yeah. It, it tends to function as an a posteriori justification mm-hmm. for the war that has been declared mm-hmm. or yeah. the war that one wants to pursue. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that there cannot be such a thing as a just right. war. But if I were to write a book on this, one of the distinctions I'd want to make is just war theory as a theory mm-hmm. and just war theory as something that is used. Yeah. And it seems to me that the, the history of the use of just war theory is probably not entirely reputable, if right. I could put it that yeah. way. Yeah. I think point. that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And, and, and could it be maybe that um, with just war uh, legitimately used, it should be something that can be appealed to from the very beginning yeah. so that, for instance, think what you like. I mean, uh, Winston Churchill has uh, those who praise him and those who don't, and he was a, a flawed individual like anyone. But But the fact is he was right about what was going on in Western Europe in the 1930s. He was right about it. Um, whereas there were other people who who were who were wrong about it, and I and I think if, if approaching that particular conflict, I think there was a, a legitimate way from the very beginning to say we've got a a serious problem um, in 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 Western Europe right now that's going to to give us a repeat of the war to end all wars just a, uh, from a few decades earlier. I, I I would be suspect about trying to retrofit yeah. uh, just war on on a uh, on a cause that did not have a clear justification to, yeah. to begin with. Yeah, and I think the First World War is a much more interesting test case than the Second World War. It is. Because yes. you know, I did a special project on this when I was at grammar school 35 years ago, whatever. And at the end of the special project, I still wasn't clear as to who why was it in happened. The right. Yeah, exactly. Well, it became, I, I understood why it happened from the perspective of okay, you've got all of these interconnected mm-hmm. treaties and you've got a crisis in British imperialism and you've got the rise of German naval, you know, mm-hmm. something was going to explode. But the question of who's right and who's wrong uh, is, is profoundly complicated in mm-hmm. the First World War. And yet I would still have difficulties with a Christian in the First World War saying, I can't sign up yeah. to the British Army. For religious reasons, right. it still seems to me that even in situations where where there's tremendous grey areas, there's an obedience to the civil magistrate mm-hmm. that that needs to be. Yeah, you know, and maybe in America, maybe America, Vietnam might be the yeah. equivalent because you know the jury's still out. I think on sure. whether Vietnam was a good or a bad war, right. a necessary war, an unnecessary war, yeah. and I think people can legitimately whole different opinions on that mm-hmm. and yet looking at vietnam it seems to me that the men who went there did something they made a great sacrifice for mm-hmm. their country in a way that re- those who refused to go i instinctively yeah. look on as yeah. they're not they're not quite in the same moral category as right. the guys who actually said yes my, my country wants me to do this they called me up and i'm going and, and, and it's easy to say that by the way as a guy who's never been called up for, for sure anything. you know uh, for sure. I, you know I, who am i to sit in judgment on any of these mm-hmm. guys in some ways because i was never asked to make right. the sacrifice right. that, that these men were asked to make yeah and i remember i remember when i was 18 and went and registered for the draft um you know this was in the middle of the 1980s 
uh, the cold. You had the draft in the middle of the 1980s. Well, it, it wasn't active. You had to register for it. Okay. It wasn't active, but you had to register in case the draft was Being reinstated. British, once again, seems like a great idea. <laughs> exactly. in the middle of the 19. <laughs> but but this was it. This was in the mid 1980s. The yeah. Cold War was still very oh, yeah. hot, and so those of us that were turning 18 in the yeah. 1980s were. You know, it was sobering. I remember going to the post office yeah. to, to, to turn in my form and thinking, uh, you know, it, it was just I mean, I was I was a child. I was I was alive when the draft was active for yeah. the Vietnam War. Yeah, we've got we've got this Cold War bubbling yeah. hot. This could be a reality for me. Um, and it and it was sobering to turn that in to say, yeah. OK, you know, th- this this is a possibility yeah. for yeah. me. And then I also wonder in, in connection with this. What about citizens of um, Nazi Germany in the 1930s? Yeah. And their government says, uh, "Come and serve." Uh, w- would would they have legitimately appealed to Romans 13 and said, "Yeah, well, these are very difficult questions." Yeah. Forty, and, and you know, in the last days of Berlin, when they draft in the Hitler Youth to basically yeah. fight street to street, you right. got four 13 and 14 year old kids. Right. Uh, one of the few times I've ever sat in the car with somebody really significant was when I had a taxi ride with Jürgen Moltmann, the German uh-huh. theologian, yeah. uh, many, many years ago. I was teaching the University of Nottingham. He was in a prison camp. Yeah, and I asked him, uh, are you enjoying uh, visiting Nottingham? And he said, yeah, I've been here before. And I said, oh, is it better than the first time? And he said, well, I was a prisoner of war here the first time. <laughs> but, you know, he was, he was a kid. Right. He was a kid captured on the Western Front and carted off to a prisoner of war camp in Britain. Yeah. Uh, th- th- these are brutally hard questions. Mm-hmm. To what extent does a kid have moral mm-hmm. responsibility when right. his country right. strong arms him into fighting for, you know, the Waffen-SS or the Wehrmacht or whatever it was? Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess to go back to that question, that's a terribly difficult question mm-hmm. actually to answer in the abstract. Yep. Just yep. war theory, I think, often has functioned as an a posteriori justification for whatever war people want to pursue. Mm-hmm. The issue of what one does in the context of any specific declaration of war that can only be dealt with, I think, in a specific concrete context, yeah. individually and corporately of what's going on there. Unsatisfactory answer, but I think well, Book of Proverbs gives a lot of unsatisfactory exactly. answers on wisdom questions. And, exactly, uh, exactly. Uh, um, I have, uh, since we don't have a lot of time left, I do have a question that I think we can cover fairly briefly. Must reads or top books that um, everybody should read before they graduate from high school? Yeah, so let's think about older high school I'm students. Bad at this. Before you Must. graduate, here's a book you've, you've got to read before you graduate high school. Wothering Heights by Wuthering Emily Bronte. Okay. Greatest, greatest book of the 19th century. Okay. My only criticism is it has a slightly happy ending. It would have been Heathcliff. better if they'd all died. But, <laughs> but other than that, uh, I, I think Wuthering Heights is one of the most... Mm. One of the books that most grips the imagination. When you read I, it. I I did see the movie with uh, Lawrence Olivier. I asked my class the other day, "How many of you have read Wuthering Heights?" Nobody puts up their hand, and then yeah. one one girl says, "Does seeing the movie count?" And I said, <laughs> "No, it does not." <laughs> but but it's in black and white, and it had Lawrence Olivier, so it's, it's got to count a little book. bit. It's only half the book. Well, okay, so Wuthering Heights. Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Um. Amy's going to recommend one of her own books. That's the kind of person she is. I am not that person. I think for excitement and, and thoughtfulness, uh, The Man Who Was Thursday. 
Ah, oh, G.K. Chesterton. Chesterton. Yeah. I think that would be a good one to read. Yeah. Do you read the sequel, The Man Who Was Friday? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Pilgrim's that was Progress. That a really joke, sorry. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, more contemporary theologically mm-hmm. for high school kids, I think Rhett Etheridge's uh, God Breathed. Yes. Yeah. I that was, would be an excellent book for high school to, to yep. recommend and have them like navigating how yep. to think in the yep. world as a Christian. Yeah. Now. Yeah, and I would it, throw Michael Horton's Christless Christianity in as well. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or yeah. core Christianity. Yeah. Yep. Core Christianity. So it's interesting that you bring up Rut Etheridge's book because we interviewed him earlier this year on on this book. Do we called, get a commission for plugging it? We, we should. Uh, yeah, I think, Rut, I think if, Rut, if you were out there, you yeah. owe us. Yeah. <laughs> there, he, he, he recently wrote a book uh, published by Crown and Covenant called God Breathed. We interviewed him some time ago on it. And we were talking about this book just last night. And mm-hmm. it, it's really a wonderful book. It's it's interesting because it, it it's a little thick. Yeah, it might but, be a little but, intimidating but, with but the size. But it's so accessible. But the That's really the cool, don't so. right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, extremely accessible. Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, I uh, I would love if if you're a pretty literate twelfth grader, I, I would love for you to tackle Augustine's Confessions. Oh yeah. Would really love to. That's, yeah. a, that's at least pretty heady. The first heady nine, books, it, it, the for first nine books. The, the last four books can be a really? bit tough. It, it, okay, never it, mind. Nayara's daughter's reading it. It can be. It, it, okay, now I would say this. I mean, and that's why. That's why I kind I'm of thinking put more the, college. Well, but. that's why I put the disclaimer. If you're pretty literate, um, I, I have no doubt that the average high school student would would struggle some, just because. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was in high school, crime and punishment was required reading twelfth grade English. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck finding a public high school today. That makes crime and punishment. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've read some pretty heady stuff. Dostoevsky. In, I was in I mean, AP Comp. I mean, but. you know, if, if you're going to read Dostoevsky, you can read Augustine's well, Confessions yeah. with yeah. without a doubt. And mm-hmm. and my thing is, take two pages an evening if you need to. But it is wonderfully. It's a foundational book. Warm, sure. yeah. experiential Christianity. Well, and it speaks to restlessness. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you leave high school, you're going to be restless. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, In it's high school, you're book. restless. Yes. I would yeah. really encourage that. Yeah. Amy, you mentioned Pilgrim's Progress in passing. I mm-hmm. amen that. Mm-hmm. Pilgrim's Progress would be a, a wonderful thing for a, for a high school student mm-hmm. to, to, to journey through. <laughs> Hey, um, that's an appropriate word for that. It book. is. It is. Journey through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why don't you just read it? <laughs> let's, let's focus. Let's keep, let's keep it. Yeah. yeah, not postmodern. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's there's a few thoughts for you, and uh, hope that's helpful. Uh, thanks for the questions, listeners. Please keep those coming to us. We have fun dealing with them, and hope yeah. that uh, hope that's helpful for you. Uh, if uh, if you get the chance, go to our website, mortificationofspin.org. And uh, we have uh, various fun things for you to check out there, past programs, books to register to win. And, of course, the thing that we are most excited about our website, an opportunity for you to give us money. Uh, The Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals is entirely supported by the donations of kind folks like you. And if you appreciate the content here, we'd love for you to consider making a, uh, a financial donation to the Alliance so they can continue to. And uh, don't yes. forget to ask our listeners to. Share and rate and review our podcast. Thank Only you for if that. They like us. Only uh, if you like us. Only if it's a five star. If you have a five star, drop I mean, that on us. If you want to mention yeah. something about, you know, complaints about Todd and Carl, <laughs> go right ahead and do that. I will also say, I will also say, I was sitting in the living room. My 19 year old swung by the house the other day and he said, Oh, he said, You know, I was kind of surprised by something. I said, What? And he said, 
you're on Spotify now. I said, yes, yes, we are. He said, he said, you know, that's kind of a young person thing. Mm-hmm. This is my 19 year old son telling me this. I said, yeah. He said, I, I, yeah. I, he said I was on it, and I thought, well, I'm just going to Google. I'm, I'm going to do a search on my dad's name on Spotify, and there you were. See he what said, Neil Diamond songs he's listening to. Yeah, yeah. So, so we are on Spotify, which means we are with Tom Jones. We are uber <laughs> cool, with Tom Jones. Oh, exactly, exactly. So anyway, check us out on Spotify, and uh, uh, we look forward to. Uh, Talking to you next time. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about Covenantal promises are absolutely essential to sexuality in God's design. And I'm thinking particularly of people that would profess faith but say, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, it's just a piece of paper. Absolutely not. The blessings have got to flow from the promises. That interview is next time. Join us then. YouTubing yeah. podcasts now are the thing, like making them a video. Right. We should be doing yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. We could do. We should do video. And I'm I'm excellent on video. Yeah. I mean, I I'm look sure. amazing. I'm sure. <laughs> I think it would actually, if we were video, Tano video, it would increase our female le- leadership. Oh, it would. It would totally. <laughs> it would totally <laughs> do that. It would it increase break the, the balding internet, and bitter. Yeah. yeah. You know, your original target I would audience. just say Todd and I are acquired tastes for the more sophisticated <laughs> ones. Well, I'll agree with the acquired part. <laughs>